0: I want to talk, we're gonna talk this month about being in Christ. And the title of it is No More Identity Crisis. You know, we are in a a society that is in an an identity crisis across the board. Um, It is in the world we know, but unfortunately, uh, we're seeing it some in the church. And that should not be. We in the church ought to know who we are, whose we are. For I know in whom I have believed and I'm persuaded, right, that he's able to keep me to that day. I belong to him. I'm chosen, like the song we just sang It said, I'm chosen, I'm not forsaken. I am who he says I am. That's what we've got to know because we just came off of an awesome series that Pastor Marcus did about finding your, getting your voice back. And I'm going to tell you, if, if you don't know who you are in Christ and you're just saying things because you heard somebody else say it, then it's not going to bring the substance to life. You've got to know that you know. You've got to know who you are in Christ. You have to know what he's given you. You've got to know your place in Christ. And then you can speak from a platform of faith. And then the things that you speak when you believe it, they will come to pass. They have to come to pass. So this identity crisis, it's happening across the board. Since the fall of man, this has been happening. Since the fall of man, uh, man has been on a continual search, right? For approval, for identity, for peace with God. Uh, we, we all have been there. We, we've all been in that place where we were once searching, where we were crying out, where we were saying, who am I? And you know, in the, in the garden after the fall, um, Adam and Eve, they, uh, in in that position after they had sinned, you know, we know they hid themselves, but then they went and, and tried to make fig leaves to, to get themselves right. They, they tried to do in their own strength, what God said, no, 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 no. let me clothe you. And, And, and in a sense, the church as a whole, uh, in religion has taken on that same concept. That's what religion is. It's, it's man doing what we know to do to appease our conscience. It's man doing what we think is right to make me feel good with God. And and it happens uh, so much in the church body where, where, where you know, um, you know, people who live in this religious state where they, they, they frequent church, you know, at times during the year. And then, uh, the, when they do come, they just feel so good about themselves. And, and, and maybe not, not living this thing out. And, and it could be the same for us where we come, we worship, we hear the word of God. But if we don't act upon the word of God, then we don't show that we believe it at all. We've got to actually be doers of the word and not hearers. And that's why so many people in the world are deceived because they hear, they hear, they YouTube, they TBN, they do all those things and they're hearing it and they're they're hearing so much, but they're not actually applying that truth to their life, and that's why there's so much deception. So so man, on this search for significance, this search for peace with God, we have um, our own wisdom, our own plans, our own uh, cover-ups that we do to try to make us feel right with God. And we know that the enemy has been on this continual quest to question the identity of man. He questions the identi- identity of the family, of marriage. Uh, We were just chatting about um, Kate Spade at the age of 55 who committed suicide. What good is it to gain the whole world and, and lose your soul? It doesn't matter who you are. Every single person is on this search for who I am. Who am I? It's in you. It's in all of us. You all, as a kid, uh, wanted to be great. You, you. There's this superhero mentality. I remember Mary Poppins is not really a superhero, but, um, but I remember wanting to. Uh, I I'll never forget it. I climbed up on my the this thing outside of my house with an umbrella, and and I knew that when I jump, I would fly. And, and I jumped and I peed my pants, actually, is what happened. But, but there was something in me and there is something in you that says there's, there's greatness in here. I want to be great. I want to I wanna be a superhero. I want to fly. I wanna. We're all called to that, but it's in him. It's only in him that you're great. The greater one lives on the inside of you. And in Him, you are great and you are a superhuman in Christ. Okay, I was having a conversation with uh, Leslie McNulty when we went to a Rhema event and uh, she they're fixing to, to do some things over here in the States. They mainly travel outside. And um, she was just pondering some things uh, in, you know, with this generation and uh, millennials and the world and, you know, all those kind of things. And she said, this generation has no identity. And she's right. Uh, They they don't have an identity. Uh, We know the world and we know who they identify with. They identify with their father, the devil. But we in the church, we must know who we are in Christ and all the benefits that's why he said that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, that we would know what the hope of his calling is. And what is his this glorious inheritance that he's given us? We're gonna look at it. We're gonna dissect it and go through it for this whole month. We've got to be fully assured and confident who we are in him. Then the lines won't blur because when we conform When we begin to conform, then then the lines get blurry for us in the world. We start thinking, well, you know, if they they love each other, it's okay. Did God ever change his standard? He never changed his standard. He never changed this standard of holiness and who we are to be in him. But there are, there are people in, in, in places and believers that, that are beginning to go, well, you know, it's okay as long as it's love and, and, you know, you see the bumper stickers, uh, love with a greater than, uh, hate. You know, and you know what it means. What it means is don't judge me because I'm going to live like I want to live. And and what you tell me doesn't matter because really I'm the one that's walking in love because I'm not mad at you and you're trying to tell me something different than in the scripture. No, God never changed. He never changed. There is a standard of holiness. There is a standard of character. And that is what we are to live. And the great thing is you don't have to do it on your own you've got the Holy Ghost in you. And it's, it's in him. He made you this person. He made you right. He made you righteous. And now you've got to walk it out. But he's there to lead you and guide you. So the, the problem is the enemy would love to keep you identifying with your past. The things that were done to you, who you were, who your parents were, Choices that you've made, you see, we all see born again, spirit-filled believers who still live in unforgiveness, who still live in choices that they've made in the past, who still live in uh, the things that were done to them. God redeemed you. He desired that you be free spirit, soul, and body. And that you not have to live in bondage right here. This is where the battle is, right here. Because on the inside, you're brand new. Brand new spirit man. Brand new on the inside. And the Holy Ghost is living on the inside of you. But now you've got to let the greater one, you got to let him rise up on the inside of you to change this. To renew this. So every time the enemy comes against you with that that thought, that fiery dart, that's when you say, no, 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 no. I take captive that thought and I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it up underneath the obedience of the word of God because God, this is who I am. This is who you said I am. And that's how we're to live daily. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter five. We know this scripture. It says, therefore, if anyone is... In Christ, in Christ, in Christ. Are you in Christ? If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Hallelujah. And behold, and behold, stop and look and pay attention, all things have become new. That word new means unused, unworn. In respect to your substance, that word new means a new kind. It's unprecedented, uncommon, and unheard of. All things have been made new. Why is it unprecedented? Why is it uncommon? Why is it unheard of? Because it's God. It's him on the inside. So verse 18 says, now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, now, what is this reconciliation? These words like righteousness and reconciliation and imputation and what do all those things mean? They're not in the scripture so that we can just read over them and feel good that we read them. They're in there so that we can learn and and understand what does this mean? What is is imputation? What happened in that process? What what does it mean when it says he reconciled us? He He has been our substitute. He has, in imputation, I wish I had brought a board and maybe I will in one of the other weeks. In imputation, Let's just say we have three circles and one's God. Here's God, here's Jesus, and here's man. God's circle is totally white with chalk. He is completely righteous, totally righteous. Jesus, totally white with chalk, completely righteous. Man, totally black with chalk. There are there are three levels to imputation. Everything that, that Adam did when he fell, his, all his sin was imputed to man. In other words, if I just if I just dumped everything on Pastor Marcus, I just imputed everything to his account. I just dumped it on him. Everything that happened in Adam was imputed to us where we, no one is like God, no, not one, no one's righteous, nobody without God. But what, what God did in Christ, is that Jesus himself took on our, all of our sin, all of our sickness, all of our shame, all of our death, everything. He took it all on and that, that righteousness, the whole white, he imputed all of that to us. And so we're not, just, we're not just sprinkled. We're totally righteous, dude. I mean, like we're totally righteous, the right kind. He has, he has completely transferred you out of, out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of his son. There's no, there's no riding the fence. There's no, I got my leg over here and still in condemnation and shame and gosh, why did I make those decisions? And why did they treat me this way? And get off the fence. It it hurts to do that. Get all the way over here into righteousness, who you are in Christ. Page two, here we go. Okay, Acts chapter 13. I didn't finish reading that, verse 20. Now then, oh, I I didn't finish verse 19. Okay, now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself. He's made us right. He's reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. In other words, he's saying, this great news that I've given you, that, that I've imputed my righteousness to you, now I've given you the ministry of reconciliation. And now you ought to go out and tell everybody what great news it is. You ought to go out and tell everybody that don't fix yourself up first. Go ahead and come on in to Christ. Let him receive him by faith. Let him make you righteous. And then now I got, he's in me and I'm in him. And I can just walk this thing out with his help all the time. He is, the scripture says, your strong tower the righteous, they run into him and they're safe. He is everything that you need, everything that you need. Acts chapter 13, verses 38 and 39. In this scripture, he talks about this awesome work that he does. He says, therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, that through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sins and by him, by him. These are the things that you ought to meditate on in the scriptures in Christ, in him, through him, by him, uh, through Christ. All of those things are who you are right now, right now. And by him, everyone who believes is justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Beware. Beware. Therefore, lest what has been spoken and the prophets come upon you. Behold you, now listen to this, verse 41. Behold you despisers, and that word despiser means you ones who think very little of this. Behold you despisers, marvel and perish. Marvel means wonder, I want you to wonder exceedingly. Uh, perish means... Don't let it be, perish means to snatch out of your sight. So in other words, don't let it be snatched out of your sight. Don't let it be out of your view. Don't make it unseen. Don't let it vanish. And don't, this is the one I want to focus on real quick. Don't render this salvation unapparent. Don't let it get out of your sight. He says, behold, you despisers, marvel and perish, for I work a work in your days, a work which you will by no means believe though one were to declare it to you. He's saying don't be like uh, don't be like them when, when they were when they even saw him in the flesh and when they, when, when they knew that this was right, that they, they, they didn't believe and they questioned, they questioned his identity, they questioned who he was, uh, they questioned God, they questioned everything. don't be like that. Know who we are in him. Um, He's saying in this, he's saying, there's a work that I'm gonna do and it's a work that's gonna justify you. It's gonna make you right. And and that word justified means I've reckoned this to your account. I've in the court of law, this is a kingdom and there is a king and there are laws to abide by. The scripture is the law that we live by. And so this word justification is a legal term and it's a legal term where he's declared you righteous. Yep. And all you had to do was believe in your heart that, that Jesus died and rose again and confess with your mouth unto salvation with the heart. One believes unto salvation and with the mouth confession is made. And so you just come to him and you believe in the moment you believe that's when you're justified. Not the moment you believe and then let me wait until I quit smoking or let me wait until, uh, you know, I stop uh, doing the, all these things. It's not then that you're righteous. You're righteous right now. Right when you believed. Right when you got born again. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. Listen, he's trying to tell us there's a work that I'm gonna work and this work that I'm doing is putting you in Christ and Christ in you. And it's making you one with him. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. When God looks at you, he sees Christ. You are identical to him. You are identified with him. We struggle with that. I, I, right then when I said you're identical with him, you know, some of you kind of went, whoa, wait, time out. I don't know about that. But that's the truth. You are you have been made one with him. He came down as a man, stripped himself, stripped himself of, of, of all of, all of that deity, came down as a man so that he could be like you as a man, identify with you as a man. He even was baptized, uh, you know when the sinners were being baptized, he said, "Let me be baptized like you. I'm going to identify." with you. He was baptized in the Holy Ghost like we are. He became as a man filled with the Holy Ghost so that we couldn't say, well, Jesus did it, but, but, but I can't do it. Everything he did, he said, greater, greater, greater works will you do. Greater works because I'm going to go to the Father. Did I spit on you, Pastor Marcus? Sorry. Um, that was a big one too uh, greater works, uh, will you do because I go to the father. I was saying something. What was it? (sighs) Identified with Christ. It'll come to me. Legal. Identical. Oh yeah. That y'all locked up. That was it. Um, we, when, when he came down and identified with us as a man, then, then we joined with him when he died. The scripture says that you died with him, that you were buried with him and that you were raised to life with him. Do you believe that? So, so you were with him in this whole process in the spirit. You were with him in this whole process. You were made one with him. He came and got you and said, Okay, you're, you're about to die. I'm about to, to nail this old sinful man to the, to the cross. Your old self righteous self, I'm going to nail it to the cross. You, the death, the, the, the sickness, the fear, the worry, I, we're nailing all that to the cross. The sorrow, the shame. You're coming with me in this deal. You're identical. You're, you've identified with him, and he's identified with you. So when God looks at you, He sees you in Him. He sees you in Christ. But we've got to see ourselves in Him, in Him. In the center of the gospel is this: is His death, burial, and resurrection. That's where these things took place. In his death, his burial, and his resurrection, what he did for you, you are made one with him because of it. And we are to be identified with him alone. That means complete union with him completely one with him in Christ, in whom I told you there, there are at least 130 to 160 places in the epistles in scripture, where it says, this is who you are in Christ, in whom by whom through Christ. Those are the things we ought to be meditating on. This is who God says I am. We, we sing it. I am chosen, not forsaken. We sing it, but are we saying it? Are we living it? We've got to stay in these things and read these things and speak them out of our mouth. Paul is giving you inspiration and revelation of who you are all throughout the epistles when he says, this is who you are in Christ. Paul must have known who he was if he was able to sit in that condition in a jail cell, in the horrible conditions that he was in, and still find a song to sing. Now that's knowing who you are. That's no, I, know, I know who I believe. I know who my God is. I know who's in me. I know who delivered me. I know who picked me up when I persecuted all the Christians and was against him. He delivered me. And I know who he is, and I know who I am in him. And so I can sing a song when I go through trials. And that's how we all ought to be is we can, we, it's in us. We can pull that song out. We can pull that scripture out and say, uh uh-uh, nope. I'm not moved by what I see, but I'm moved by him. I'm moved by his word. In order for our faith to be effective, let's go to Philippians, not Philippians, Philemon chapter one, verses four through six. In order for our faith to be effective, we must know who we are in him. Philemon chapter one, verses four through six says, I thank my God making mention of you always in my prayers, hearing of your love and faith, which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints, that the sharing, listen to verse six, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by how, by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Let me read it to you in two other other translations. This is saying, in in order for your faith to become effective, you've got to acknowledge every good thing that's in you in Him, in order for your faith to be effective. Let me read it in the New English translation. It says, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers, because I hear of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. I pray, verse six, I pray that the faith you share with us may deepen your understanding of every blessing that belongs to you in Christ. Let me read it in the Amplified, just verse six. And I pray that the participation in and sharing of your faith may produce and promote full recognition and appreciation and understanding and precise knowledge of every good thing that is ours in our identification with Christ Jesus and unto his glory. Say this, say, I desire to know every good thing. Say that. I desire to know every good thing which is in me in Christ. Now say this, I will recognize... Appreciate, Appreciate, understand, understand, and acknowledge acknowledge every good thing thing which is in me in in Christ. Christ. Amen. Amen. You, in order for your faith to be effective, you've got to acknowledge, understand, appreciate, know what the good things are that you have in him. And we will talk about those things, not all of them tonight. So don't allow your identity to be questioned. Um, Let's go to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. In the garden, they were just like God. They were made in his image. What did the devil do? He came and said, did God really say? He questioned who they already were. They didn't need to know more. They knew God. They knew him in his fullness, but the enemy, the serpent came and he questioned that identity. They were just like God made in his image. We are just like God, just like God made in his image. Colossians chapter two, verses nine and 10, it says, for in him, in Christ, in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power, Lacking nothing. This is you. All the fullness of the Godhead bodily dwells in him and you are complete in him. This is who you are now. The way that Adam and Eve were in the garden, full in fellowship with God, no condemnation, no fear, no insecurity, no guilt. That's how we are to be now. Totally complete in Christ. And, and, and some of us, listen, we've got to stir ourselves up in these things because we think, listen, Pastor Angie, you, have, you don't have a clue what I'm going through, what's, what my bills look like, what, what's, what's happening in my life. Listen, it happens to all of us. It happens to all of us. But we've got to learn in in every moment, like Pastor Marcus said. We've got to learn. It's you create the opportunity. You don't wait. You in your moments of trial, in your moments of temptation, in your moments where where it looks like everything's hitting the fan. That's the moment where you say, "No, I know what my God has said. I know who I am. I'm the heel to the Lord." Um, I just recently went through a. Um, a little uh, physical challenge myself. And, um, and I had had, uh, I hope this is not TMI, but I'm gonna tell you anyway. Um, <laughs> I had a mole on the back of my neck. And uh, my mom, my sister had told me, it's probably been a year ago, uh, they said, you need to get that checked out. You need to go get that taken care of. And I just really didn't think a whole lot about it, honestly. I just went about you know, doing what I do, didn't think a whole lot about it. Well, a few months ago, it came up in here. Go get that checked out. So in here, I said, okay, I'll go get that checked out. So I went and I went in there uh, to to the doctor and, and he took it off and he took another one off. When he took that one off though, he said, this doesn't look good and he said, you know what, what, what I'm thinking about this one, and I said, yeah, I know what you're thinking about it, but, uh, but, but I was led to come in here, and I prayed, and I trust God, and, and I don't think that he's a believer <laughs> yeah. um, by his responses, Um <laughs> And so he, uh, you know, he took it off. He, you know, I left there, and I left there with a total peace. I had no, nothing in me that, that there was no fear. Uh, Now, just get this, because I'm going to tell you what happened about a week or two later. Um, No fear, complete peace. I was like, you know, it's nothing. I I got this. I know, because the Holy Ghost led me. And, And if, and if we'll listen to his promptings, He'll lead you and guide you. It's not that you never should go to the doctor, but, but when you do go, it's because I, I know that I'm supposed to, because he's led me to. So, so the doctor himself, normally the, the nurses will call and follow up. The doctor himself called me and I was in pet obedience school with my dog and I answered the phone and, uh, and he said, hey, this is Dr. Whatever. And um, he said, I had to call you because I knew that was cancer. And, and I just wanted to tell you because he thought I was worrying. I just wanted to tell you it's not. He said, I want you to know when you left the office that day, me and my assistants, we talked about you. <laughs> he told me that. And we talked about how dumb it was that you didn't come in here sooner. And he said, I knew it was cancer. And I, so I had to go back into him because what they should have done is taken. <sighs> you're wearing me out. What they should have done is taken a, a couple more off while they were there. But they didn't because they sh- thought for sure I had cancer and I was done. You know, I was going to send me somewhere else. So I had to go back in there, and and when I was in there, that's when he was telling me, we talked about you. I don't know why. You should have listened to your mama. And I said, well, I love my mama, and I love my sister, but, but I listened to God, and he talked to me, and so I didn't have any concern, not at all. I knew it wasn't cancer, and he said, well, that, so he said, so what you're telling me, this is what he said, So what you're telling me is you think God changed that in that uh, research place? And I said, well, he either changed it there or he changed it when you cut it off or he changed it the moment I obeyed the prompting of the Holy Ghost, which is what I believe. And, And so it doesn't matter to me where he did it. It's just that I'm the healed of the Lord. And he just, he, he just didn't know what to think of me. And he, you know, he just cared about his business. Well, I left there. He took two more off. And when I left there that day, I'd had kind of a crazy little morning. You know, sometimes, sometimes your days can be thrown off. Uh, this morning was one of those as well. Um, but I had a kind of a different little morning, didn't have my, you know, the norm. And so I went in there and, you know, I'd had a piece the first time, so I wasn't concerned. And so when I went back in there the second time he took those off, he expressed some concern again. So when I left there, fear tried to come. And so I'm telling you this because you can't live off your last experience of what the Holy Ghost told you because uh, there's gonna be some other things that come across your path and you need to make sure you stay built up. And so uh, I knew, I could tell, I wasn't in as good of a place. I knew it. Your, your heart knows where you're at. You know, if you're in faith or not. So, so I knew I, I, I don't know where I'm at on this deal. And I had, they were on the road and I had called them. We were talking about some stuff and I had filled them in. And I said, I got to, I need to go because I know I just, I just had a different morning and I just need to get, I just need to get myself right. And so I went in the house and, you know, I just started singing, and worshiping God and thanking him that I'm the healed of the Lord. Well, they took extra long to get back with me, like, like extra long. And, and, and I don't know why, but, but because of that extra long, I had to keep, I got this. I'm the healed of the Lord. Uh, you know, there's been some things in my family that, that, that could have made me start going down a pathway in my thought life. And so I'm like, I got this. I'm the hill of the Lord. So finally they called me. No, I called them because it was like two weeks past. They didn't even call me. I said, what? what's the deal? You know, I just was waiting to hear. And she said, oh, you're fine. Nobody called you? I was like, no, no. <laughs> Nobody called me. Thanks. Uh, but all but was free and clear. But, but hallelujah. But I'm just saying to you, the trials of life come to us all. And, and you've got to be led by the Spirit and you've got to know who you are in Him. Because when those fiery darts come and you don't feel healed and you don't feel like you're overcoming in your finances and, and you don't feel like you got the victory in things, when you're not feeling it, that's when you've got to, I got this. I know who I am. I know what God says. I, hey, I, I'm the healed of the Lord. I've got the victory in Christ Jesus. The joy of the Lord is my strength. That's faith right there. If you're gonna live this thing out, you gotta live it. You can't just, just come to church and play and pretend and feel spiritual. The religious leaders did that. God said, I am, I will, I don't know about my notes. But God said, He said, Let your righteousness your righteousness exceed that of the scribes and the Pharisees. Why did he say that? Your righteousness, what is he talking about? He's talking about you in him. Let it be real. They weren't real. They were whitewashed tombs. They did. You know what he said? He said, don't, don't, don't mimic after their, they are lawless. He called them lawless. They did the law like perfectly, didn't they? They like did everything like perfect. He called them lawless. Why? Because the law is now written in your heart. Yes, that's right. And you're to obey now from your heart. And it's in Christ. I'm in Christ. It's in him that I live and move. And I just, I just rest in him. I'm seated. I died with him. I was raised with him. I'm seated in heavenly places with him. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that's named, far above it. It's under my feet. I don't have to receive any of that. So when those things try to get up and get in my lap, I say, no, no, uh, you're under my feet. I know where I'm seated. I know what my position is, what my place is. You're complete in him. Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61 says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, The planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Trees, the Bible calls you trees and oaks of righteousness. And the Bible says that you're planted by the streams of water. And so if your roots are deep and you're planted in him and you stay in him, don't get in your own self. But if you'll just stay in him, then when the winds and the waves come, I'm still going to bear fruit because I'm planted I know I know who I'm in and I know who's in me. We are oaks of righteousness, we're trees of righteousness. So this position of man, let's look at how the enemy has come to, against this identity. So we knew, know in the garden that God created man to uh, be fruitful and multiply and have dominion and, and subdue. He created us to, to have dominion and live as, as kings and rulers on the earth. He, he created them that way. That was our position. Naked, not ashamed, no inferiority, no insecurities, none. None of those things. We weren't even, they weren't even conscious of sin. They were not, they were completely God conscious. They were not even self-conscious. They were not, they were naked and not ashamed. They weren't even self-conscious. They were totally God conscious. They were not sin conscious, not one bit. But the moment they sinned, they became sin conscious and not God conscious. Self conscious, all of a sudden, self conscious and not God conscious. And that's why when they hid, they went to try to cover, but God said, no, I've clothed you in robes of righteousness, in a garment of salvation. I've, he, he is the ultimate blood sacrifice for us. So, Let's look at a couple of examples. Let's go to Luke chapter 4, where he did the very same thing to Jesus. Luke chapter 4, and verse 1 says Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, this is right after he was baptized in the Holy Ghost, then him, Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness being tempted for 40 days by the devil. In other words, when you go through the wilderness, the Holy Ghost is there with you, and he'll lead you. And in those days, he ate nothing, and afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, listen, this is Jesus. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, he questioned his identity, who he was. If you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. And you know, you know, that was a temptation. He was hungry. But Jesus answered saying, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word, every word of God. Then the devil taking him up on a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory, For this has been delivered to me, and I will give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you'll worship me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said, here it is again, If you are the Son of God... Throw yourself down from here, for it's written. He even gave him scripture. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you and keep you. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, it has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him and waited for a more opportune time. Now look at verse 14. Let me just say this, it, it, side note. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went throughout all the surrounding regions. Do you see how all through the Scripture there, his identity was questioned, he spoke the Word of God only, and it says he, re, he left in the power of the Spirit. Do you know how you're going to walk out of your trials and your wilderness in the power of the Holy Ghost? is that when the devil's come and lying to you and saying things to you, that you speak the word only. Because then you'll walk out of this deal and you'll be strengthened by the power of the Holy Ghost. I said this to my class the other night. You know, when the Holy Ghost speaks to you and you obey, it strengthens you. It it, it quickens you. You you not because not because you feel good about yourself but because you're strengthened and you're quickened when because his word is life to you it's the right way it's truth it's where the power is it's where the anointing is and so no matter what you go through if you'll just i not ever 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 forget your identity in him i know who i am and i know what he said and i'm going to speak the word of god only then you walk out of that thing in the power of the Holy Ghost right. and the power of the Spirit. Yeah. Now let's go to Revelation chapter 12, verses 9 through 11. I'll try to wrap this up. Revelation chapter 12, verses 9 through 11. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. Let me read that again. Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives even to death. The word accuser there, uh, when it's saying he accuses you, he's constantly making accusations against you, questioning who you are in Christ, devaluing you consistently it, it, when you walk through a trial, and let's say the, the bills are piling up. Let's say you're not seeing how this is going to be taken care of. Uh, it's in that it's in that moment. It's in that moment that he's saying, see, the devil accusing you. See, you don't have enough money. You ought, You ought to go get a job. You ought to go get a different job. You ought to leave whatever and go do something else. You ought to whatever. There he comes with his fiery darts consistently at you. Listen, we got to be tough. We got to be tough. Um, Let me be quiet. I'm just going to say, we got to be tough. I want to say some stuff, Uh, but we got to have a backbone. We got to be able to stand up because the Bible says, if you'll you'll put on your full armor, if you'll wear it, the, the helmet of salvation, The breastplate of righteousness, I know who I am in him. My feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. I got the belt of truth around my waist. I've got the, 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 the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And the Bible says, if you'll, if you'll wear that armor, this armor, this is not like the armor that they tried to put on David. And he said, I can't, I can't wear that. This, this armor fits you. Yeah. You look way better in Christ. I'm gonna tell you, if I look at myself when I was out of Christ, it's not cute. You look way better in Christ than you do. And I don't just mean outwardly. I mean everything about you is way better in Christ. So if you'll, just, if you'll just put him on daily, the Bible says put on Christ. That's who I am, put him on every day. The Bible says you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, all of them. Not, not that some of them are gonna get by and jack you up. No, it says all of them. I can extinguish all of them. But I've gotta have on all my, I've gotta make sure I'm wearing all my armor. I've got a, I've got my helmet of salvation on. I know. I know who I am. My breastplate of righteousness. I I understand what He's done for me. I know who I am in Christ. Uh, the truth of the Word of God. It's the truth that makes you free. The peace of God. I Know where I'm seated and I'm resting there. I got the peace of God. My my shield of faith, which with you know, you're you're not trying to get victory. You're you're fighting from a position of victory. You've got it. So when those fiery darts go, come, you're like, I got this. That's all right. Is that all you got? I got this. But you've got to be speaking that word. You've got to be saying it. You've got to be doing it, acting it out, living it. That's how you overcome. So where is your identity? Where is it? He's always seeking to devalue you. Question you puts you against the wall. That's what he does. Where's your identity? In whom or in what do you find your, your security, your strength, your service, your ministry, your job status, your relationships, your spouse? Your security, your identity is to be in him alone. Him only. Not in a man, not in a woman, not in any relationships, not in a position of ministry, not in the, the corporate ladder, not in the money that I have, not, not in the, the approval of man. Some people just feel good when people like them. When people say good things about them, it makes them, man, that, that can make their, their whole you know, day or week until something comes against them because their security's in the wrong thing. It's in him. It's in him. I know who I am in Christ and I know that he's in me and I know the whole, listen, the Holy Ghost is here and, it, and this is his time. He's here to, to lead you and guide you, counsel you guides you in the truth, comforts you, help you. He's your standby. He's always standing by, always ready to help, always right there. The problem is we don't always ask because there's so many other things happening in our lives we run to and fro. We're, we're scattered. We go around and we're doing things all the time and we don't stop. And say, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? What is it that you're saying about this? You've got to have your identity in him. Pastor Marcus, you can come. You've got to have your identity in him alone. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. It says, For the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all that those who live, listen, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. We should no longer live for ourselves. But for him, the Bible says, the scripture says in Isaiah 64 that we are, all of us, all of us are like an unclean thing. And all of our own righteousnesses, that's a big word, all of our own righteousnesses are like filthy rags. He that's in Christ is to no longer live unto himself but only in Him, only unto Him. The Bible says, for you died, you died, and your life is now hid with Christ in God. We're gonna talk about these things. What does it look like for me to be in Him? Are you hid in Him? Or do you still see a little bit too much of you? A little bit too much of yourself. A little bit too much of your own fleshly desires. A little bit too much of I'm trying to do this in my own strength. I can't tell you how many people I've heard say, I'm trying. I'm trying. Quit trying. Just trust him. Just get in him. Just hide yourself in him. I'm telling you, there is a greatness that's in you, that's in all of us. And in order for us, our faith to be effective so that we can minister this reconciliation, this life in Christ to other people, we gotta first know who we are. We gotta first walk in who we are. That means when doubt comes, when insecurity comes, When fear comes, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm no longer sick. I'm no longer um, downcast and depressed and, and worried. I don't have to worry. The scripture says, why do you worry? Why do you worry what you're going to eat? What you're going to drink? What you're going to wear? For doesn't God provide even for the, the birds? Are you trusting too much in you? In your own ability, in your own strength. It's not by might, but it's and it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. And he tells us to seek first, very first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, not your own. Not your own. And all those other things that that you need, that you desire, that you see, they'll all be added unto you. It's not your own righteousness, it's His. It's who you are in Him, in Him.